How about a two-minute walk to the Toronto Islands? Like, like from the mainland, where we are. We are down here at Chorus Key. We're right by the water. I could go, I could go jump in the water. Uh, many staff members have told me to do that at different It would not take very long. I could do it almost before the end of this particular sentence. But there's a city council candidate proposing a 250-meter pedestrian lift bridge that would con- connect uh, and contact uh, the islands with the rest of us. Ward's Island to the Portlands specifically. April Engelberg joins us right now, Ward 10 uh, Council nominee. Uh, you ran in 2018. A, a lot, by the way, a lot of people are paying attention to this idea. You ran in 2018. The wards got cut down. You finished second to Joe Cressy in Ward 10. When the wards got cut down, terrible news. How did that affect your campaign? So at the time, I was running in a ward that had no incumbent. And when council was cut from 47 wards to 25 wards, I ended up having to run against Councillor Joe Cressy, who I came in second place to. But I still had an incredible experience and I'm thrilled that I ran and I'm very proud that I came in second place for the people that I brought together. Very, very proud of the platform that I ran. So at the time, I was the only candidate advocating to extend the downtown relief line west of university. And this was well before the Ontario line was proposed. And that's actually happening now. So it's really important to know that you can push a key issue and it can actually happen. And this time I'm going with the bridge to the island. Yeah. And let's talk about that. April Engelberg, our guest on Toronto today. Um, you caught a lot of people's attention because you you made the announcement all in capital letters. So <laughs> unless for any of us, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't go back to the texting era before I was married, but I'm sure there's people going, yeah, my ex uh, spoke a lot to me in capital letters. Right. A boss that did that once. But it gets people's attention. Tell people. Uh, our listeners, what you're advocating for. I'm advocating to build a pedestrian cycling lift bridge to the Toronto Islands. So it connects on the Eastern Channel. It's only 250 meter gap between the Portlands and Wards Island. And so a lift bridge allows us to actually bike to the island in less time than it takes to wait for a ferry. And my reasoning here is this is a massive public park. It's Mm -hmm. 20 times more than 20 times larger than Trinity Bellwoods, for example. And it should be available for all Torontonians to access for free. Our ferry system is slow, it's outdated, it's expensive. And this is a practical solution to, to move us forward. What would it cost? I'm estimating that it'll cost between 10 and 15 million. Obviously, these are very preliminary and it's based on looking at other comparable bridges around the world. Um, mm. I think it's very well worth it. And I definitely think the province and the federal government would pitch in as well. I don't know if I've done an average amount of world traveling, but there's one very much like it in Lisbon, Portugal. And I wondered if there was another city that you looked at as as almost a prototype and said, this works here. And you've asked yourself these questions and gone through the schematics as to whether it would work here. Was there a prototype you looked at from another international city? Definitely. So it's this bridge in Manchester that is a pedestrian cycling lift bridge. And it's the prototype that we're using. And how long uh, is it a modern bridge? Do they build it recently in the last uh, 15, 20 years? What's the what's the it, history? What's the genesis of the Manchester Bridge? It was built approximately 20 years ago. Okay. So obviously this bridge doesn't have to be identical to this one. We're just trying to show you that this bridge is very possible. This bridge also happens to fit in with the other bridges that are going in around the Portlands. And we're open to a variety of designs. For example, the bridge doesn't have to lift the full 250 meters. It only needs to have about 100 meters wide that actually lift, lifts to allow the cargo ships to pass through. 
and there's only about two of those a week. Mm -hmm. So most of the time, this bridge should just be fully accessible for people to walk or bike across. Well, lots of questions about it. April Engelberg's our guest on Toronto Today. She's running in Ward 10 uh, for Toronto City Council in the uh, municipal election end of October. You've done your research and and, uh, our show likes data. We like data a lot. And uh, the idea that Toronto Islands, I would have said maybe 10 times, 12 times, the idea that you have uh, are revealing, if you will, that Toronto Islands 20 times more uh, the size than Trinity Bellwoods Park. And we all know how slammed that park gets in spring and summer, even in the even in the most, you know, average of weather, let alone a really nice Saturday or Sunday. There's nowhere to move in it. Exactly. And I don't know if I mentioned 94% of our ward, Spadina Fort York, does not have a backyard. And so that's a huge reason we need our ward is growing faster than any other ward in Toronto. The vast, vast majority of us live in condos and we need park space. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a major city where if you could like Chicago's waterfront, I always make the comparison of Toronto to Chicago. But let's assume that uh, the vast majority of, of Chicago residents couldn't you know, find access to their waterfront. And they're huge, like Navy Pier. Let's say you couldn't get there without the aid of a ferry. Um, That would be problematic. There's a lot on the island beyond Centerville for kids and restaurants and the biking trails. And there's a couple tennis courts like it is a park. We often don't think of it as that. We're like, oh, who are these strange people that live on the (laughs) island? It's a lot more than that. Definitely. It's very important for us to have park space. And also, I think it's very relevant because the city doesn't actually own the vast majority of land at Ontario Place. Whereas here's land that we actually own that we need to make available to our residents to access for free. April Engelberg's our guest on Toronto Today with Greg Brady on 640 Toronto. Um, you mentioned Ontario Place. I know the news came down late last week that one of the uh, proposed scenarios for it, one of the three uh, is not going to happen. And it also seemed like the most publicly accessible Live Nation still in with an updated and improved concert venue on Bud Stages land. And there's also the idea of, a, of an indoor spa. How do you view it? I, I'm a kid, uh, you know, I, I was born in the 70s, grew up in the 80s. It was always special to come to Ontario Place. I'm a little older than you. And I remember when it was great. You may not be in that time frame of window, but I'm sure you heard from people in, in their late 30s and their 40s who just rave about what it was. And we want it to be again. And I also acknowledge that for what it used to be, April, you probably could really only access it five or six months of the year. And the other six months, it couldn't generate revenue and it couldn't bring people down there. So I get trying to have the best of both worlds here. What do you like about any of the proposals or, or what would you do with it? I think it's important for Ontario Place to have as much public free green space as possible. It's it, it's similar to my views on the island. This is a huge public park and it, it should be that way. I'm The reason why I'm pivoting to focus on the island is it's The city owns the island, right? The province owns the vast, vast majority of Ontario Place, and I'm running for Toronto City Council. So I'm trying to advocate for things that are actually within Toronto City Council's control. Tell me about about the city council and how it's viewed by residents anyway. Um, There's been seen as sometimes it's seen as as a a body that doesn't get enough done in the time. Sometimes they push stuff away for a study. Sometimes they say, let's table this and come back to a year to it. And the thought is a lot of fresh names, voices, opinions um, will be good. It's not to disparage the the Joe Cressys or the Kristen Wong Tams or the people that are moving on, but it's to say like, like it's great to get in a room with, with smart people who haven't just haven't been in that room before. Definitely. I think it's time for city council to have a lot of new voices that actually represent their ward. So for example, I live in Spadina, Fort York. Besides being 
one of the most dense areas in Toronto and by a landslide, the fastest growing, we're also the youngest ward in Toronto. So our median age is 32. It's mm -hmm. important to have a, a city councillor that reflects this, a city councillor that actually lives here, works here, spend most, spends most of their time here. I think it's going to be an exciting election year. I think you're right. April Engelberg from Ward 10. 